single. So here we are. Last, I mean, we're crawling, crawling to the end of the year, hands and knees. I mean, you kind of see it, you know. Oh, looking at myself at this little <laughs> Zoom screen thing. Whew, somebody needs a break. Um, so we thought, okay, we haven't like recorded anything. Well, I suppose we've been very sporadic. We we went out with a good one. I, I felt it was great. I really enjoyed having uh, Stefan Ayak and London Lyceum and Brandon and the boys. And um, and that was great. And it did spur on a few conversations, which were interesting. And I'll reserve comment on those for next year, where we'll talk more about 1689 federalism, federal visionism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps stirring. We'll keep stirring. But um, we, uh, yeah, so, you know, I got a few things lined up there. I don't want to say too much in case they fall through. Don't want to get anyone's uh, hopes t uh, too high there. But, but just some some cool stuff to talk about, some exciting stuff, mm -hmm. and got some good good uh, guests uh, lined up for next year. Uh, very excited about that too. Uh, one that I that I, I will go ahead and just let you guys know, uh, uh, Dr. Gian, who has written numerous books. Uh, the one yeah I got in my hand is Biblical Theology, which is really it's, a, it's like a really I'll use this as a text for uh, class and teaching next year. Um, because it's just such a great, um, maybe slightly more accessible sort of condensing of um, of Klein's material. Really, I mean, he's just faithful to Klein, um, and right. he just he just sort of he wants it out there, you know, for people to read. And and really, it's that book that we sort of want written, actually. So it's it's exactly. just a really it's a really good book. Um, it's very dense, but it's it's you know it's a, it's not it's not like an easy read. It's not super super accessible, but for a seminary level stuff, okay. and uh, you know it's First just a year, little bit... second year, third year. Where would you pitch it? Yeah, maybe like uh, secondish, third maybe. Yeah. But you know, so it's not, just not not survey intro stuff, but like sort of the next. It kind of is. It, you know, it's it's it kind of is. You know, it's it's it goes through all the the covenants and it it goes through all the. Um, all the biblical theology involved. Um, but I, I suppose why I say it's kind of accessible is that it it basically takes, you know, it takes the pain out of you wouldn't be reading um, Kingdom Prologue, basically. And um, <laughs> let's let's actually check this out. I think it's you don't have to pull out your hyphenated dictionary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's check this out. So that's the size of Kingdom Prologue. <laughs> that's uh, geez, they're actually like more or less the same size. So actually, shouldn't feel the pang too much of reading client, but everyone who's tried reading client knows it's uh, it's not that easy. You, you just got to go real slow. So I don't know. You can just I feel like you can get through this quicker. You, it's it's a bit more of a summary of clients full of thought mixed with Gian's own contributions, which are really good. And uh, anyway, so this isn't the book that we'll be talking. Well, I suppose we'll talk about it as well. But he wrote he's just written another book called Biblical Eschatology, which I just bought and I'm currently reading. So bringing the best of uh, that Vassian Kleinian tradition to bear, I think, uh, just yes. working through, just just showing how all the covenants entertain this theme of eschatology and just really bringing it out. So very good. And uh, he's written on um, on Kelvin extensively. He's uh, you know, uh, so he went to Westminster, Philadelphia. Anyway, we'll tell we'll tell you more about him when when we have him on. Go check out his books though, um, um, and that's J.K. Gion, and. Um, 
and we'll say and that's like we locked it in for the first thing of the like let's say february so that's gonna be pretty cool um i'm looking forward i've, I've chatted with him before he's such a good guy and uh just really excited to have him on the show so that's the one guy i'll mention up front now uh that's not what i was going to talk about at all even though that took a long time for me to say <laughs> which <laughs> which is a long time to find that book <laughs> yeah which is like you know, symptomatic of this whole problem that I'm experiencing right now. I'm moving slowly on everything. It's just, I'm crawling. I'm not walking, I'm crawling. So what I was going to say is we need a break. And uh, so we thought, let's just, rather than, we've got these last two pesky little chapters in, um, uh, theology. Co- yeah, in the Covenant Theology book that we've been reviewing. Oh, not reviewing, just talking about. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. They weren't that great, were they? They were just like, yeah. <laughs> Blah. I mean, it's, it's, in and of themselves, they're great chapters. I mean, they they what they do is they'll underline anyone who wants to see that covenant is in the warp and woof of scripture. I mean, it's you know they just show covenant everywhere. They show where the Abrahamic covenant is everywhere, the Mosaic covenant is everywhere, the Davidic covenant is everywhere. What it doesn't do is it doesn't take sides on the burning questions, which is really what we we like to tackle. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. we want to know how do you see the covenant of works and how does that feature into the law gospel contrast? And, yeah. you know, are you, you know, are you defining grace as demerited favor and how, you know, where are you putting the law in the Christian life? And, you yeah. know, so they don't get into the nitty gritty of that stuff. But, but overall, I mean, it's one of the things I did appreciate about the Hebrews chapter was, um, you know, if there's anywhere in the New Testament that's going to teach you how to read the Psalms in a Christological fashion. Yeah. It's going to be the book of Hebrews. Yeah. Amen. And so, yeah, totally appreciated that perspective. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, every Psalm has three perspectives. You're always looking at, you know, you've got to read the Psalm through David's eyes. You've got to read the Psalm through, you know, the new covenant believers eyes, but you've always got to read every Psalm as if spoken by Christ. Yeah. Just to sort of look at, you know, which Psalm, what sort of Psalm you're looking at. And uh, yeah, Robert J. Cara, who did the covenant in Hebrews, he, he certainly drew a lot of that out. Yeah, very technical t- chapter as well. Very detailed, uh, you know, just just that that smaller detail stuff. Yep, w- it was helpful for that. You know, just for getting through tons of, you know, almost to the point of why is this relevant again? You know, it's yeah. just sort of like <laughs> you're preaching data. through Hebrews. That's the text you want to go. To. Yeah, it's, it's gonna like have a- great resources. It's going to take you through the footnotes into great resources. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Now, just so what I thought we could do, and then the the last one was uh, the Johannine uh, epistles, which. Yeah, it was kind of a bit of a letdown, to be honest, because, I mean, you've, he did a similar sort of thing, actually. Everything you've just said for Hebrews, I feel like can be reapplied there again. But, but like, you know, there were some big texts, big league deal texts that weren't touched, you know, which yeah, I felt like, sort of wow. You had to try and touch on everything, so you couldn't make much of the most important things. Because, I mean, yeah, I've even whenever you're dealing with mention. the book of Revelation, I mean, I've, I've listened to, uh, you know, Greg Beale's lectures through the book of Revelation. I've preached yeah. through the book of Revelation. I've, I wrestled through his big commentary on the book of Revelation, and you just know that this yeah. is this is what the whole Bible is pushing toward. Every theme that's ever been touched on in the Old Testament is brought to a climactic, massive tapestry. Mm. And it's, um, you know, you're just looking for that big finish, mm. and he doesn't quite exploit it in ways that you, you'd love to see it uh, sort of wrapped up with a bow. Mm. But um, he, does, he does hint at everything, but he doesn't sort of uh, drill down into the depth. Yeah. Yeah, no, well said. So, uh, you know, I thought what we could do is just make one or two comments. Just they're going to be, we're going to very quickly kind of wrap this up. It's not going to be it. huge. Those are my one or two comments. Oh, okay, well, I'll make one or two <laughs> more then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I'll just like 
try and deepen that out a little bit. Uh, but but um, and then and then you know maybe just uh, you know just just wanted to mention you know we're we're still around we're kicking but we need a break. Um, I need to just not do anything for a little bit and just yeah, what Mike what do you just just earned a PhD? He's like finished. He's 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 empty. Yeah, I mean, like, like what's uh, pretty awesome, what's uh, uh, like quite good news and big news and all that is um, that the the manuscript just got, got a, I got to offer a publication from Wolfenstock through Dude. Pickwick. So, so that's awesome. So that that's in. That's that's. Now how much are they going to sell those for? <laughs> I think it shouldn't be too bad, actually. If I was looking around, you know, it's not like a hundred bucks. Or it's more like fifty bucks. Wow! Know? Really? Okay. Yeah. That's totally within within. Totally, range. and and I think that. Uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it's all it's gonna be on you can get on um Kindle or EPUB and all that as well, nice. which is cool. That was one of the things I really wanted to make sure happened. I was cool to go with a print, you know, the other options are like Lexum and, and all that, but but I, I like the idea of of um, I like the way Wolf and Suck deal with things, and um, and so anyway, so we'll see. But now we got all these deadlines and all these things to do, so it's like the whole thing's racking up again, and oh. it's exciting that I start teaching <laughs> next year. But I still got to, you know, I got to do these lectures, and so all these things are, are coming up, um, and then a few more journal journal articles on the on the rise. Um, so it's it's busy even next year before I even begin. You know, so I'm feeling like yeah. okay, let's just wisely take a little break over Christmas and whatnot. Um, but that said. Um, you know how I know, actually, let me just throw this in there. You know how I know I need a break. I start reading a lot of philosophy. <laughs> it's just, it's like a thing for me. I realize the pattern emerges every time. Like like where it, do you go back to? Is it like the, the idealists or the rationalists? No, always the Stoics, always the Stoics. Okay. And, and just basically, you <laughs> know, yeah. I just find like, like, wow. Why, why are they speaking? I feel this craving in my soul for Stokes. And then I read them <laughs> and then it starts me on this whole new thing. Then I'm like, I wonder how this interacts with Confucius. And, you know, then I'm, I'm on this whole, then I'm putting down weird like books, you know, that, that are just, you know, the East and West philosophical origins and how they flow. And like, I don't care about any of this stuff normally. It's more just, it's like this one ultra sort of like <laughs> cry of my brain for, for rest of some sort. <laughs> anyway, so I've, it's one of the ways I've learned to listen to myself. Um, okay. Now, before I say anything more, let's just quickly wrap up here. I wanted to just mention, he does, um, he does show you one thing. The reason I, I think it would be uh, wise to, you know, if you did want to read these articles <clears throat> is, and I think we've said this before, it, it's sort of, they form really helpful, you know, they might not take the particular angle or edge that we want to take on, on certain issues, but they are, they are just great. Like if you compare them to, I don't know, any sort of random scholarly article essay on the covenants in Hebrews, you know, it's going to be trash usually, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so this is like way, way above any of that. This is, sure. this is deep, reformed, you know, insightful exposition of, of the text in relation to, to uh, the reformed doctrine of covenant theology. So, you know, go ahead and read it for that reason. If nothing else, I don't want to underplay, undersell the whole thing. Um, you know, we're, we're probably a bit harsh on the, on those issues, but, but um, the things that, that I think, you know, and I think this is what we've said for previous um, uh, articles in previous episodes, is that it, it might be perfect to to go through with someone who's still on the edge of things. They're not necessarily, they're just perhaps interested in covenant theology. They really are looking at it 
seriously from from mm. a biblical perspective they want to see the text they want to engage with the text yeah. and uh this will this will not leave you wanting i mean it just he takes you to actual texts they're deep points they're well founded in the in the passage um you know even things like just reminders that hey you know the word covenant is used like a lot in Hebrews. So go ahead, check that out. And you have to reckon with that at some level, just simple points through to the, to the more technical exegetical ones, but um, very helpful. Like another thing I, I appreciated in terms of what he was saying, this is more because I suppose I'm preaching through uh, Hebrews now, uh, pick, picking this up uh, as we go, but, but the, the, the unique interplay that, the author of Hebrews has um, with this concept of a high priest and the covenant, you know, it says it's not just covenant. It's not just high priest, it's high priest and covenant. And it really connects those dots and they become very important to his argument. Um, and so I, I thought that uh, Kara brought that out well in, in um, or at least, you know, again, it's one of those little elements that get mentioned that are really helpful little nuggets. As you mentioned, if you're preaching through it, uh, this is huge. It does make allusion to uh, the vast triangle, um what is the vast triangle mike the, <laughs> the vast triangle well um, you just throw a little softball in there for you <laughs> no i mean i'm not going to talk about the vast triangle tonight but okay. okay what it what it is just to um just to in case someone has no idea what we're talking about um god is past the biblical theologian that we're always on about um precursor decline in many ways you know, he just, he, he sort of brought it all together a little bit more than, you know, if we've got type and, um, or shadow and, and um, substance or type and anti-type, you know, we're thinking in terms of a horizontal plane, usually, you know, we're going from old covenant to new covenant. And I suppose Progress. the one, yeah, yeah you, I mean, that's great. And that's, that's all good. <clears throat> the, the, the one problem, you know, the potential for, for a problem there is that, you know, we're, we're seeing that something is only happening in a new, in the new covenant that wasn't happening in the old covenant you know so uh, a lot of what we think about in reformed theology versus let's say i don't know some new covenant theology or dispensationalism where we're seeing the work of the spirit we're seeing all of these things we're seeing uh the the the, the covenant of grace being uh, at, really administered and and sacramentally so through those types and shadows in the old testament and um and so when we get to the new it's not it's not so much that we now first have we have access for the first time to these things but it's just the redemptive historical administration is now you know uh, it's actually it's changed and centered on those things but anyway so that's where i think the more than anything else for me that's where the triangle that fast drew so famously was was helpful in that the bottom of the triangle is this this uh flow from old testament to new testament imagine just a horizontal plane but then you got these two arrows coming down from the heavenly realities, you know, mm. and he's just saying it's not just the ones because I think most of us get that that uh, the, the the reality of Christ coming down is the true tabernacle, is the the substance and essence of the the new covenant. It is that that foretaste of that heavenly reality. I think most people get that side of the triangle, but he says don't forget the other side. You know that you've got this uh, the heavenly realities came down, but were foreshadowed at that point. That's the only difference. Yeah. But they still had access just brings it all together um and allows you to see the 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 eschatology of the old testament in many ways and yeah. um and really the soteriology was was substantive and fits well i, mean, into I find this. that very helpful especially on the issue of the temple um yeah remember the book the climax of the ages yes. White, blue I, cover 
with the right. amazing like pictures and the, like the story of the martyrs in the church. And for those of you who don't know, this is that Seventh Day Adventist book, which was mm. very widespread in South Africa. Yeah. I got hold of that as a young Christian, and man, it messed me up for years and years and years. It was just you know the, the text in Hebrew that talk about Hebrews that talk about the the heavenly temple. And uh, so E.G. White had a vision that in the 1870s, Jesus finally took the blood that he had spilt on the cross, yeah. waited like 1,840-ish years, and then presented the blood. And then the gates of heaven were opened, and now finally people could, could get saved. Yes. And man, that just messed me up. So yeah, just anything yeah. that clarifies the temple in Hebrew. Totally. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, exactly. That, that is it. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> half of the thing with Vice is, you know, it's, it's like you go backwards from Klein and it's like, like, where is the dynamite? You just don't, you know, yeah. it's almost you take it all for granted. But yeah, I mean, those things are just massive. Yeah, if you, you know, read Klein first, he steals all his thunder. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, no, I mean, it, it's really helpful. And just seeing it all together, it's basically, you know, I, I don't know, it's really just a deepened biblical theological sort of understanding in Hebrews of the covenant of grace really is what is what we're, we're we're talking about in many ways you're seeing the unity of it all you're seeing the way that it works and how um, but I suppose there's that eschatological element that's brought out um, that's important there you know that 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 what, what Klein would would talk about as intrusions you know you've got these intruded realities of heaven um, you know happening in the Old Testament and the new um, but I suppose it just helps to show the relationship of them all uh, in that triangle. So, more we could say about that, definitely. I mean, it's it's um, it's had a lot of lot of press that triangle, and it's <laughs> it's been it's been good. But anyway, so uh, moving moving forward, just to wrap this up, uh, unless this turns into a massively long one, imagine that. Oh, oh that'd be crazy. Um, <laughs> That's the trouble uh, with when tired people start talking. They don't know when to stop. Oh yeah, dude, crazy. Um, so I think the um, actually I'm just gonna go right over that. Um, the other thing is just <laughs> to see how how uh, uh, Abraham, you know, he goes through the individual covenants in relation to Hebrews. I enjoyed that as well. So basically, he's talking. He's like, how does Abraham feature in Hebrews? How does David feature in Hebrews? How does Moses feature in Hebrews? And um, and that was really good. But the that's where it kind of stops uh, getting good for me. It gets like a little a little odd towards the end where um I'll, I'll go ahead and read it to you and he says some things that i don't feel 100 percent comfortable with you know they're they're kind of like nah, maybe i don't know full-on but again that's me being overly critical and you know someone who's just wrestling with these things for the first time is going to just appreciate all of this but for example he says to conclude the 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 davidic covenant in hebrews the the key old testament text blah blah, blah. Uh, these texts all assert that the davidic covenant was in reality made with jesus christ the importance of the Davidic covenant in Hebrews is that one, it emphasizes and confirms the divine sonship of Christ, and two, connects Christ's kingly office to his priestly office. So I'm like, I, I think that it's, there's a, I mean, I totally agree with where that goes, but it's almost like I feel like it's super important to say, no, the covenant was made with David, and there is, there is an administrative, uh, you know, it, it is true that it is organically connected. To the covenant made with christ but as soon as you start bypassing that exegetical administration thing you start entering into these these areas you start you know? getting a two-sided triangle <laughs> i suppose yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and, and you just uh yeah it's sort of it, it, it again this age-old problem it just sort of mixes the organic the the theological construct with the um organic unfolding 
and you know it's exegetical particulars you know in each covenant which i've noticed that reform people really like to do you know they like to just talk about the covenant of grace as the davidic covenant you know and yeah. and like there's no distinction they were, they at all flatten the line tend yeah. towards flattening the line yeah so that that was probably you know that's my least pro problematic thing and then think you know obviously when you get to moses it's like <clears throat> he says to summarize the person of moses is presented very positively the mosaic covenant is termed the first becoming old, uh, my Lord's covenant. Uh, it is primarily connected to the ceremonial aspects um, in contrast to Christ's priesthood and sacrifice. This covenant is a copy of the heavenly realities, but as a copy, it has intentional God-ordained deficiencies. Israel sins and does not keep this covenant. It ends when the heavenly reality Christ comes as the God-man to accomplish his work. Um, there are numerous contrasts and continuities between the Mosaic and New Covenants that occur in almost every sentence. To conclude, the author of Hebrews uses the Mosaic Covenant primarily to understand Christ's priesthood and sacrifice within the context of the vertical, earthly, heavenly realities and within the context of the horizontal, redemptive, historical movement, first to second. That's what I'm talking about. It's sort of like, ah, I mean, that's kind of true. But but yeah, it's like it, it almost makes it sound like well, there we go. There's almost no difference between Moses and the new covenant bar the actual substance stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's just, that's just hopelessly, you know, underplayed at that level. Yeah. We um, see more discontinuity than continuity. Yeah. I mean, it's, so that's, it's, so it's so almost the like, we, yeah, the yeah. theological points made emphasizing Christ's superiority, which is the argument of Hebrews yeah. are set against the backdrop of Moses as a negative relief, not as a, a flat line of continuity. Yes. Yes, exactly. So those kinds of things to just to watch out for, I would say, but um, you know, again, great otherwise. And then I think, um, you know, probably this is the one I, uh, is this worth even saying? Okay. For some, the problem with reformed with the reform view, he says, is usually the, the Mosaic covenant and the antithetical contrast between it and the new covenant in Hebrews. The problem, however, should be mitigated upon realizing that one, the contrast is primarily between the ceremonial aspects of the Mosaic covenants, priesthood and sacrifices as compared to the reality of Christ's priesthood and sacrifice. And two, the heavenly reality did exist during the Old Testament, and the Mosaic Covenant is a shadow of this reality. So that that's the kind of, I yeah. mean, it feels a little bit on the vague side to me, you know. Um, but... <laughs> guess we don't... <laughs> Jeez, what's happening here? Like the, let's try to pull up a flip in the machine. Yeah, anyway. Um, all right, cool. So that's a that's a wrap. For, we're going to cut that book at that point, and like, it's still got two whole big sections to go. But I'm not feeling very nerdy on the history side now, at the moment. This is the podcast that introduces you to good books. Well, hey, we did a whole massive section of this book, and it's huge, you know. So I think we need to just give ourselves a little bit of a yeah. You know, I think we're like, on the back. We cleared 800 pages on my, you know, iBooks version. I mean. <laughs> Your iBook special. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Um, 20 pages, you know, 20 words per page. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> then I, I and, you know, so I think, I think, you know, it has been, it has been significant. Um, I'm just um, going to our YouTube channel quickly because I wanted to, um, uh, let's see if I can get it here quick. Two pages, so Jonah. In our recent, um, because just thinking about next level in our recent um one on with uh, the london lyceum guys i said i would oh that's actually the 
thought the I thought the music was playing. Yeah, but that's actually the YouTube thing. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it's a Andrew Caswell, you should just end now. I know Andrew Caswell, who who, who listens uh, frequently, and he's a uh, really appreciated his encouragement. But anyway, so he picked up because I mentioned I'm actually going to put this thing on the show notes that that essay. So guys, I'm just surprised that you gave the link in the show notes. I mean, this is now next level <laughs> i loved the, the content so thank you andrew appreciate that and um yeah i agree i think we are we're going we're going places you know Amen. it's not just talk Onwards anymore it's like we've got show notes we've got show notes we're on um spotify Sometimes we have all our co-hosts so well andre yeah where is andre i don't even know he got his booster what is that even i don't he know says he's dying oh my goodness it's just yeah, I think we all just need a break and we're complaining about boosters and stuff. You know, you know, it's like we're all wearing thin. Um, but uh, again, moving forward, uh, you know, hopefully we've got some uh, cool things to to do there beyond beyond guests. Like, I don't know, I still have this great big desire to have some gear. Don't you think that'd be cool? That would be Definitely. like, finally, yeah, no, no. you know, we would finally have arrived when that happens. And I think we've, we've established a bit of I've a pattern. I've got some here. See this, the merch yeah, you've, here? You've got the merch there, but we need to like make it publicly accessible, bro. So basically, <laughs> you know, unless you want to start selling those guys, but basically. Yeah, came um, out. Got to make your own, some assembly, <laughs> some assembly required. But uh, you, 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 um, I mean, I think I think we've established a pattern. Basically, how we do this is we just talk about it <laughs> over and over again until eventually it just happens. Yeah. So that's what we're going to so, do about this merch. Sub subliminal programming. Yeah, we're just saying, listen, we're, the merch is coming, and we know the merch is coming. End of story. Um, okay, now, last little thing. What are you reading in the holidays, and what are you okay. – what, what's your big thing now? And so – just give people some ideas bought, here. What, what a two-edged sojourners read? I bought myself some biographies, so just some, some light reading. So I've been working through Matthew Barrett's Simply Trinity. Oh, yeah. So Is I'm that working that through that for the third time now. Mm -hmm. I see uh, there's some hating going on on classical theism. So I just think, I mean, the, the, the challenge that, that I have is this. Can I confess God with the early church? You know, yeah. If I'm going to be confessing God with Athanasius, with mm. Augustine, with Anselm, with those guys, as you know, am I worshiping a different God? You know, so mm. classical mm. theism. If if it's if it's true, you know, then we have the same God. Mm -hmm. If classical theism is not true, then we've got a different God. Or is this is there some sort of uh, via media? You know, some some middle ground. Yeah. So for me, it's uh, I think it's a very important question. So I'm I'm digging deep on it and okay. uh, really loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing I'm listening to at the moment, this was a recommendation. I'm listening to Christ Christianity Today's, don't stone me, um, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit old news on this side. I mean, it is old yeah. news, but it's yeah. it's the podcast out there. No, I mean, the podcast is quite old news, the, uh, this whole okay? series. Yeah. Yeah, it was recommended to me. I, it's, uh, so, yeah, thought I'd just dig in again. I remember yeah. I tracked with it at the time. Yeah. And uh, now they're going on the, the sort of the other side of uh, how yep. it all happened yeah yep and that, then i've that's... got some uh, biographical stuff so uh the crossway series on the christian life ah uh, edwards yeah there's edwards nice i think you recommended this one uh yeah that was a great one Man, that was by I've... bolt right 
Yep, that's yep. the one. And I've got Owen as well. I've got Owen at home. All right. So you got to you got to actually say the book titles because people are listening. So that's Barbank on the Christian Life by yeah. John Bolt. There we go. Okay, and thank you. John Edwards on the Christian Life by Dane C. Ortland. And then nice. the uh, John Owen on the Christian Life is by Matthew Barrett and Michael Haken. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, some uh, really good turn. stuff on um, Quakers. Really enjoying the Quaker stuff. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, my turn. Um, uh, I got all happening on Kindle. Um, this one, I'll see the, the cover though. Uh, it's called The Septuagint, What It Is and Why It Matters. This new one I found. Gregory R. Lania and William A. Ross. That's the same dude who just uh, wrote the the last chapter in this Covenant book. Oh, no. Yes. Okay, cool. Totally. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Ooh, continuity, baby. Beautiful. <laughs> um, okay. So anyways, I haven't read any of that yet, but I'm excited. That's one of the things I wanted to have a little look at. Um, and then, oh, I've got these, uh, like, uh, so I got a few books by Lewis Marcus, who I, if you look, I'm really not sure where he is theologically. I think he's probably like very weak, reformed, sort of strong evangelical, not actually more like, I don't even know. But, you know, he's one of those Lewis fans, you know? So, like, you never know where Lewis fans are. They're sort of like half Roman Catholic, half evangelical. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I've got half a... Platonic. <laughs> exactly. So you've got a few... Oh, no. Get to the get to the cover. Get to the cover. Uh, can you see that one? From Achilles to Christ. Ah, uh, yes. I saw you seen this one? the other day. Okay, yeah. great. Um, so, yeah, he's just sort of like... His whole thing is... And this, this came out of my... that was just on Credo Podcast recently. Really was he? I wouldn't be surprised actually. See, because he didn't he didn't he do from Plato to Christ as well. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the guy. He's ah. just been just being interviewed by Matthew Barrett. No way. So yeah, he's Houston, solid? Houston, from Houston Baptist. Yes, that's the guy. Yeah. I, I would say the weak reformed, but like yeah. total, yeah. like just embracing natural theology and total, well, yeah, natural theology. Yeah. exactly pi excellent so i was kind of on a natural theology trip myself you know but it, it sort of came it sort of it, it blended it went it went like classical theism natural natural theology via stoicism Ooh. and and then that, that took me to uh and now you uh, just triggered every uh presuppositional ventilian out there oh dude yeah now more and more i got i got no time for that stuff i i honestly like i'm seeing <laughs> you know i've always been a bit of a you know just like I mean, I, I don't go as far as, in fact, I think he, you know, to be honest, from what I've read already, so here's the other one quickly um, that he wrote. Yep. And it's called The Myth Made Fact, taken from, um, you know, that famous statement in um, in C.S. Lewis, where he talks about Christ being myth and fact, you know, uh, but but it's called Reading Greek and Roman Mythology. And so he's just, he's just trying to really get you to do what Lewis always wants you to do you know just just see everything as yeah, a kind of precursor outside my comfort zone brother i believe in total gravity yeah well exactly and this is the thing i mean yeah. they, they they talk i mean i've often read roman catholic authors that talk about you know they just embrace a full-on oh yeah the stoics were kind of like the, they were as christian as you could be with before Christians christ without christ yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> they'll just sort of say it they'll be like oh well there we go natural revelation at its highest theologians <laughs> augustine plato <laughs> exactly. they'll, just, they'll just talk about them like like there's zero difference you know so funny but um yes yeah, so i'm obviously not there and um 
and I think even C.S. Lewis makes me a little uncomfortable with this stuff oh, sometimes. Yeah. But um, I think where this guy is, he's trying to sort of walk a little bit of a line, but he, you know, he he ends up just using a lot of that standard sort of Roman Catholic lingo and, you know, and tries to bring it into an evangelical framework. So, so I think, but, you know, that's it. You don't have to buy into that to really appreciate what he's saying, you know? Because uh, I think here's where the doctrine of common grace kicks in. You know, it's 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 you really don't have to buy into all of that crazy yeah. natural law idea. Yeah. All truth is God's truth. It's just as simple as that, you know, and um, and that is really amazing. And as you go through it, I feel like it's almost. Do you remember? Do you remember like that that big craze everyone went through when everyone was trying to redeem film? You know, like yeah, every movie. That was during to... my uh, fundamentalist stage when I wasn't watching films. I okay. judged every Christian that did. Right. Yeah. We, we used to read about people like you, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just like any movie, you know, the, the more secular, the better you come along. And the, the purpose was to engage with it and then to basically show how it's, it's all basically the gospel. Yeah, you so know? every hero tale where the hero does a self-sacrificial act is, yeah. is an echo of Christ. It's an echo. Of, and I think that like, obviously to the degree that it's true, you know, it is, you know, but, but I think you start getting into some pretty weird zones, you know, like, wow, look, he was, he was, you know, he was suffering in that scene. Therefore, you know, we have the passive sufferings of Christ in view. It just gets crazy. So I feel like that happens with the 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 look at classical literature sometimes. But I believe that this guy's really good in terms of just his knowledge of things and C.S. Lewis and you know. So I, it's, it reminds me a little bit of you know when you overemphasize typology in the Old Testament. Even to be honest, it's you know where 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 even you know Rahab's red scarf or red um you know <laughs> you know talks about the blood of scarlet christ thread. the scarlet thread yeah and and you know you've got every the five stones in david's hand and you know it gets like that it starts feeling like that they do exactly the same thing um well not exactly the same thing but it starts feeling that way and so you know i, I but but you know so you don't there there is a place for books like that for me in my world i i pick up a book like that no problem because i just love like i look five stones who cares you know like i'll just totally i five stones are the five points of calvinism you know and david was actually talking about five points of calvinism i'm not gonna buy it but i you know i'm always down to hear about the five points of calvinism you know at any point if you're going to tell me tell the the points through the lens of david stones in his um in his sling you know well that's on you but for me i'm just all about the story so it's all good so that that's how i kind of approach these books and um and I find them just like kind of relaxing. I don't know why. This is weird and twisted, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I used to have a big heresy section. Yeah, collect all, collect all those books. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's not heresy. It's it, what it is for me is I think it's just, um, in fact, I wonder if I can pull this up now because he did say this at some point, which I thought was actually really a good, good point. I mean, a lot uh, of that stuff for me is like, um, you know, uh, Paul on Mars Hill, and he's appealing to the poets. So there are there are there are common grace notions. There are there is there is that common ground. There are ideas that you can draw on out of the unbelieving worldview, which even they have stumbled onto, even even though they're stumbling around in the dark. And you yeah. can use that as an apologetic point, yeah. as an entry point in a, in an evangelistic conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you want to look really intelligent and put lots of like literature references in your books then then you you store up those sorts of quotes <laughs> okay so here we go here's the quote i was looking for the the enlightenment privilege uh, sorry the enlightenment privileging of the fact over oh let me start again 
Okay. Come on, holidays. Yeah. The enlightenment privileging of fact over value and reason over imagination has convinced large numbers of Christians. I was just thinking, Andre needed to be here for this because he loves this stuff too. You know, he's got like one foot in Roman Catholicism and it's precisely for this, this reason. Okay, let me start again. The enlightenment privileging of fact over value and reason over imagination has convinced large numbers of Christians, particularly my fellow Reformed and Evangelical Protestants, <clears throat> to focus heavily on systematic theology and logic-based apologetics, mm -hmm. while shying away from those more aesthetic, imagination-based aspects of the faith that resist rigorous analysis. By so doing, they have cut themselves off from what I would boldly call the ministry of myth. And he's, uh, you know, obviously leaning on Lewis there quite a bit. So I bring that up, not so much to agree or disagree with him, but more just, I think that ministry of myth thing is why I gravitate towards this stuff when I get tired. You know, I think that's actually what's well, I mean, happening. I, I don't think that's too strange for us. I mean, no, that's you, fine. Yeah. If you, if you listen to someone like Tim Keller, when we did our apologetics series, I mean, we, Tim Keller is all about that. You know, mm, if you're exegeting mm. culture and you're looking for the narratives that are in the culture, mm. And you can use these access points in the literature and the art to actually yeah. access those narratives that are in the culture. Let me... <laughs> I'll knock you quiet. <laughs> I don't know why it keeps switching on. I actually did that on purpose. You're just getting bored or something. <laughs> I do not know why it does that. That's so weird. Someone keeps switching it on. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway. Who cares, right? <laughs> anyway, so that's what that's else a little are you bit. Reading, Mike? Um, what else am I reading? Let's see if there's anything else interesting. Yeah, one last little spiel, and then we go. And then we wrap it up for the year, folks. Uh, I'm reading. I'm reading something on this. The it's apparently very famous. This book, uh, the Socratic Method, a, a practitioner's handbook. I always feel like the Soc the Socratic Method. As the many years that I've looked at this. It just eludes me a little bit, you know. Questioning method. I just find like, what exactly is the method, and where, where, you know, what's the deal? Where are the rules for this method? I mean, Socrates you know? basically confessed that he didn't always have all the answers, so he just kept questioning and questioning and questioning. But there's supposedly a method behind the questioning, you know, and this is what I'm trying to get my head around. I mean, anyone can ask questions, yeah, and keep asking and just basically go, why, 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 why? Yeah, what's yeah. your authority for saying that? You know? Yeah, exactly. Why, 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 why? why? Yeah. Um, but I think there's more. There's more something or other there. And I hope there is because otherwise everyone is just leaning on this thing that no one actually knows what it is. And, you know, it feels <laughs> a little bit like that to me sometimes. But so I'm going to dig into that one. Um, and then uh, I've got Dedrick Bonhoeffer on the Psalms uh, as yeah. the prayer book of the Bible. If we wanted to read that for a while. And uh, a few other things. But um, yeah, if I wanted to take a look at uh, Derek Cooper's Basics of Latin too. Been had that on good. the shelf. Man. But we'll see how far I get on this. <laughs> probably not. They're probably going to get halfway through the Septuagint one, and that's it. You know? <laughs> I've been, I've been listening to, to a lot of books, audio books on uh, the Nuremberg trials. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was like a big 20, 24 hour book on the Nuremberg trials. It was absolutely fascinating. And then I listened to a book on Auschwitz from the one of the doctors who was one of the Jewish guys who was co opted to become a doctor yeah. in Auschwitz. Yeah, very disturbing. Yeah, sure. You know, it was disturbing. I remember uh, watching you guzzle 
nasty, nasty movies, like on the plane. I mean, dude, you just dude, like, you just like, no, that was a classic with Pride and Prejudice and, and Zombies. zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just didn't even flinch. I mean, like, but, but I, I was like, you know, we're hardly taking off. That, that's we like comedies it. now, bro. Yeah. I mean, psh, bro, it's just, it got so dark there watching you on that TV. I just realized. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm talking about myth and narrative. You got your fix that day for the, for your whole your whole ministry is sorted. You got you got as it's much a study in total depravity. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> uh, I did Jekyll that... and Hyde recently as well. Yeah. Did you? Nice. Yeah. All right. So anyway, there we go. That's a little bit about us. Who knows what Andre's reading? Who knows? He's dying. He's, he's not here. He's just doing his COVID thing. Um, and let us know what you're reading. Just drop us a, a comment or two. Uh, in the show in notes, and uh, we'll definitely respond. No, well, we'll of course we'll. I respond to everyone. Okay. <laughs> By the way, if you responded to that was me, even though it says two, I mean, Nick's not doing it. But um, but yeah, let us know. Hope you guys have a great holiday, and uh, we'll pick it up. I don't know, like I want to say, uh, you know, a month tops, but may maybe it'll, yeah, maybe a little bit earlier than that, maybe later. I don't know. To be advised. To be advised. Um, actually the latest I can say will be like halfway through Feb. So that'll be the latest, latest. So. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it again? Double run. This guy just wants to go. He just wants to go. <laughs> all right. In all fairness, what are you going to play us out with? What are you going to sing us a song or something? Sing a song. Da, we're all going on a summer holiday. Okay, ready?